Welcome to the Live Lightly Podcast. Awareness to integration to elevation. Sue and Dan open intimate and complex spaces together, discussing integration from physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. Expect conversations that are honest, expansive, and solution-oriented. Everything from consciousness design to biohacking to socio-political deep dives. Creative works and building a new paradigm in relationship through daily choices. Check out the show notes for more info about Sue and Dan, plus our guests. Welcome to this week's Live Lightly podcast, and we have Alyssa Trube back this week, which is super exciting. And we're going to talk all things sex energy, right? The modulation of energy, our internal energy fields, the modulation of sex energy itself, all the ways that it manifests and shapes the way that we work with our internal states of reflection and external states of what we're creating out in the world. How are you doing today? I'm so good. I've been anticipating this for a minute and I'm very excited to just dive into this with you. for all of you listening, the last, at the end of the last interview that Sue and I did, we like all of a sudden opened this box just because we had been talking for what, an hour, hour and a half, and it organically kind of opened and we were both like, oh, wait a minute, there's a lot here we could be talking about. So ever since that moment, I've been, you know, just ruminating and contemplating and kind of marinating in just all different topics and that relate to sex, whether it's like the literal act of sex or sex energy or the metaphor of sex, like, you know, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I think we sort of stopped recording and we started talking about pleasure and sex and then it was directly linked to nourishment, right? So with an eating disordered past for me, that was a really big Pandora's box that I started to open that I realized I was sort of abusing my sensitivity and sex energy through eating Mm-hmm. over time. And I'd love to just start there perhaps with like pleasure and nourishment and sex energy from your yeah, point of absolutely. view. Absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, first and foremost, I'll relate just in my own experience and then kind of s- explain what I see a lot in clients and sex energy is so powerful. Like that is not news to anyone. Right. Um, and that all being said, it's also like the wisdom of sex is not taught to us when it arrives in our body. Like no one's going, hey, this is this incredibly powerful energy that, you know, catalyzes the rising of the sun and the setting of the moon and the changing of the seasons. And, you know, the, the birds in flight and the bees making honey. And now you feel it in your body. Welcome. You know, here's how you can move it. No one does that. And so mm-hmm. for me personally, when I started to experience sex energy moving through my body um, by way of puberty, what ended up happening for me is I I personally suppressed it and really contained it through an eating disorder, through control, through how can I manage this energy that I'm not really sure what to do with, but I can tell is creating discomfort in others when they feel it from me, or at least that was my perception, right? Who knows? Um, And what I often see is, as I personally have gone on this, you know, journey and learning and and study of my myself and my own energy is that that was not specific to me. That seems to happen for most humans in ways that are either, you know, exactly that or parallels where there's this kind of shame and embarrassment around sexual needs and sexual energy. And 
a way to pacify it or deal with the pleasure aspect of it and the sensation, the sensualism of sex is to turn to food, whether it's Mm -hmm. overindulging to a point where we don't feel comfortable anymore and we feel numbed and really full or restricting. And so you're working with this kind of emptiness, fullness spectrum, you know, that people are kind of playing with as a way to wade into sexual energy. Mm, Yeah, that's a great spectrum to look at emptiness, fullness. And I think there is such an interesting conundrum there. From my personal experience, it's like when I'm empty is actually when I'm creating so beautifully and things that are really authentic to my own essence, right? And the rest of the world is this trigger happy instant gratification place where it's like fill up, fill up, fill up, fill up, right? And as a past bulimic, bulimorexic, you know, depending on the season or the month, but more towards bulimia was like, I would always fill up and be so uncomfortable, <laughs> like yeah. so disconnected in a way. It was really wasn't until I found yoga and meditation that I really understood the embodied state of emptiness, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of how to cope with that in a physical and material way. Do you wow. see that in your clients often of like, okay, how do I bounce between emptiness, fullness and then cultivate sex energy simultaneously. Yes, totally. And this is, you know, to go back for a second to something you just said, I think, you know, when you said I found yoga and meditation, um, I had a very similar experience with that. And one of the things that was revelatory for me was breath, because breath can make us feel, and I'm no yogi, no breathwork practitioner, just a human who noticed like at a young age, oh, (laughs) if I just breathe, I I can control that emptiness, fullness feeling better than if I sit there with contraction in my body, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I would say more often than not to answer your specific question. Yes, I do see that with clients so frequently. I mean, you know, um, in human design, which is one of the modalities that I work with, there's a gate or an archetype that's ruled by Pisces. um, And it's the gate 55. And it's all it's called um, abundance is a matter of spirit. And it works with this emptiness, fullness spectrum where it's like, hey, you know, this kind of moodiness, this ability to create this ability to, like you just said, allow ourselves to be empty so that we have potential to be full, right? Like that's what Mm -hmm. the vessel is for. The emptiness is actually there for a reason. It serves a purpose. Um, But in Western culture, we're kind of taught, hey, emptiness means there's nothing and nothing is nothing rather than nothing is potential for something. Right. And so, yeah, oftentimes what I see with clients is when there's nothing, there's immediate discomfort. And so they turn to fill themselves with something, which culturally the the safest, quote unquote, avenue of filling ourselves with something is food, really. I mean, alcohol's there and different substances. And of course, there's sex, but food is so accessible and it's so instantaneous. The moment we taste it, it changes our biochemistry. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I see that so much, Sue. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, let's dial down a little bit more into Pisces energy because I feel like until I really worked with its edge and self-mastery in my chart with Pisces, I was always sort of, and we're both Pisces moon, so we can sort of go there because this is how (laughs) the whole world sees us as well, right? Our outward facing personality (laughs) is this edge between addiction, emptiness, and the insatiable need to create. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that just popped into my head, which I'd actually really like to hear how those things have manifest for you too. Um, 
but is this insatiable need and mm. its relation to dopamine, which is like, we think of it like, oh, dopamine's feel good, but dopamine's more like pursuit. And again, not a biochemist, but just something that we've kind of, I've had to unfold, I've chosen to unfold here and look at is we're so in love with the, with the pursuit of things, like the longing for, the yearning for, the needing for. And I think that that's so Piscean in that whether we're addicted or feeling addicted to something is questionable to me. And is it more the feeling of yearning for and needing for that we love, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think that the, the yearning for is like the deepest driving desire, right? And it's coming up and it's manifesting in many different forms, mm-hmm. right? I think that for me, when I reach for something material to fill the void of yearning, I've actually stepped into the space of um, addiction or sort of needing a quick fix. But when I can keep my eye on the prize, which is the long game of yearning, meaning that this thing may never come to fruition, you know, like climbing 13B may never come to fruition, but who cares? I'm going to try for it every single day, right? right? Then that seems a little bit more healthier. Like I'm really cultivating my sex energy, regulating my prana, right? Yes. Yes. And to your point, whether or not the final thing that you are quote unquote addicted to comes to you as a possession or an experience doesn't actually matter if we're present getting there. Like if Mm -hmm. every day as you're working toward 13B, you're so, you know, enveloped and enjoying the experience of training for climbing, for example. Um, Right, right. And I feel like that's a, that's a big thing with like Pisces energy is, the, at least that I experience, and granted, my moon's on the zero degree, so it's definitely like you know, are we are we working Almost with Aquarian energy or Pisces yeah. energy? Um, but I do I do think that if we slow down enough, and this again pulls the senses in to like be in the moment and be living through our body, because I do feel like yearning is just as much fantasy, like it's just as much that mindscape mm. of imagination and imagery and what we perceive would actually come to fruition. Um, And if we're in our body and we're moving through our senses and we're interfacing with that like sensual reality, then the yearning doesn't feel as addicting because we're so in the moment that we're being fulfilled by that moment, you know? So it's like the, you know, kind of like leg over the fence, one leg on each side. Like to me, that's the difference between someone who, like you said, like, is it actually an addiction for you to be climbing? Well, maybe, but this is something I talk about with food and with substances a lot with clients, because sometimes we name behaviors like good or bad. And that sure, like, yes, that's helpful. But also if there's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Sue and I'm trying to climb 13 B great. If you can be in the moment getting there, if I can be in the moment getting there so that it's both, it's not, you know, there's only satisfaction when I climb 13 B. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's satisfaction when I climb 13B and satisfaction every second as I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And y- you can share as personally as you want to this question. You know, it can be in your realm of business or in sort of your realm of personal development, whatever feels comfortable. Um, I think that's the secret sauce to containing sex energy in the long run and actually being motivated to a long goal that might take three years or five years or 10 years or 11 years. And there isn't um, this 
uh, intense burnout on your heels all of the time. That was like what every magazine wanted to talk to me about after transitory nature was burnout in particular. And it's kind of like, wait, 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 this is just the wrong conversation if we're modulating sex energy properly and we're really moving towards a purpose. I really dislike that word, but something that lights us up every single day if we get it or not. That Mm. idea of it, that dream of it, that Piscean energy still lights us up. So we're still going to get up and do it if it's 10 years away or three months away. You know, the time is inevitable, which I understand is also very Piscean (laughs) because some people are like, no, 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 no. It's got to happen on this period. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or this time period. So when you're like putting a new project into the world or you're drawing new clients into your space, you know, what are some of the key things that you look for in your energy field to modulate sex energy? Oh, that is such a good question. Okay, so first of all, I'm just going to draw the obvious parallel to orgasm, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. whether we're self-pleasuring or we're with a partner, the something for me that's very obvious in my sexual life, whether again, I'm with my my partner or by myself is that if my mind is wrapped up in the outcome, I'm never getting there. Mm -hmm. I'm just never fucking getting there. And and the moment I flip the switch and I'm like, hold on, Alyssa, drop into your body, as cliche as that sounds, but drop into your body, feel through your senses what your body is experiencing and allow that information to inform the end goal or how the end goal manifests. That to me is like the trick. And so... Mm -hmm. I should say like where the magic happens, right? It's, it's the, where there's the most potential and same thing with my work, same thing with my, you know, my clients, my study, my learning for me, it's never about the long-term goals. Like I don't have, I never have. And a lot of people who are business oriented might be like, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. say that out loud, but I never (laughs) had this end goal of a certain amount of income or, you know, what, certain things would look like it's more like like we just alluded to what is every step feeling like and how is the feedback from my body speaking to me like am I am I teetering on the edge of burnout because I'm focused so much on the monetary income that I'm missing you know Mm -hmm. hey Alyssa take care of yourself or missing the quality within each conversation or interaction with the client and so again I think it just comes back to like for me it's more about short-term goals for long-term success or long-term, let's say, delayed gratification. That always feels better for me than immediate gratification from, you know, a big goal that's kind of packed in that I'm like, okay, within one year, I've got to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. How about yeah, you? Um, I'm going to answer that in one second, okay. but I want to double back on the orgasm comment because I think that in sort of spirituality, there's this idea of purity or purity culture, purity consciousness that sometimes can arise. And um, this is super personal, but I lived in an ashram in a celibate community for two years. And then mm-hmm. after that, when I got out, I started exploring the pleasure that my own body can feel with myself, my relationship to pleasure. And I had this mantra that was um, <laughs> masturbate meditate, create, right? So Mm -hmm. like literal, meaning have an orgasm in the morning, sit down for a zazen, and then start writing, right? And that was the trajectory 
when I got out of the ashram because I really wanted to explore pleasure in a way where I was moving energy that was totally Mm self-sustained, you know? So I just wanted to drop that in there in your orgasm comment of like, of course we can feel that stress or we want to orgasm. And so then there's all this pressure. And I know that many of us know what that feels like in our body when we're focused on the outcome, not necessarily a sensory experience. And then if we could take the same sort of uh, cycle and place it on other creation cycles, meaning like how about not so much focus on the outcome, but the exactly what you were just saying, really the sensory data that's coming in, does that feel good on a, you know, hour to hour basis? And then of course I'm going to end up with something awesome in 11 years. It's just going to be this shiny kaleidoscope of brilliance. We don't really know what it looks like, but we know that all the sort of biochemical electromagnetic programming that got us there is like, Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> right. There's yeah. no burnout. And I guess, you know, exactly. you can't exactly. just answer the question without answering the question because, <laughs> and this is the brilliant of it. And this is where, you know, kind of bridging the gap for a second. There is this whole, like, socially on social media, this whole movement of, like, femininity and feminine energy, quote unquote. And, and mm. as you and Dan so eloquently, you know, kind of structured for us, this, this, masculine feminine polarity kind of movement Mm -hmm. and what I always think is kind of interesting is beyond the fact that we're we don't that's definitely like an outmoded way of looking at things there's also this contradiction which is why it's outmoded where so many of the humans who are kind of embodying this feminine sexual energy are moving at a masculine pace Mm -hmm. with their businesses and their projects and their you know, so on and so forth. And that is not bad. I don't say that to say anyone's doing anything wrong. But I always feel like it's very ironic to kind of show the 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 feminine, the sexual feminine energy, and then push it through like this masculine structure. Mm, Whereas if we are moving slower, and we are in our body, and we are like finding that balance of not necessarily always goal orientation, maybe sometimes when it feels appropriate, but not always, I feel like things feel less forced and there's less of this kind of hidden agenda that's Mm -hmm. happening, which is such a part of sex too. Totally, totally. Yes, yes. (laughs) The hidden agenda. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, of course, that can happen in the bedroom, in the corners of our own mind, in the way that we structure our businesses, in the way that we show up on our social media profiles definitely, you know, this deep understanding of the antithesis of burnout is every moment living in cultivating sex energy as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, pushing the sex energy so hard to do something for you out in the world. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, I think I'll take it back to that last question. You know, I just have to be like extremely excited just like when I orgasm, the idea of a new project. If it doesn't have that level of excitement, I just wait, <laughs> you know, until I feel that level of excitement, which takes a lot of pranic containment definitely. And you you do have to sort of hold those thoughts at an arm's length that are like, oh, you should be doing A, you should be doing B, you should be doing C, you're not, you know, making enough money, whatever it may be. I just sort of like, almost laugh at those thoughts at this point in my life. You know, early on, maybe that wasn't the case when I first started my entrepreneurial life because I was really modeling what I had seen around me. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. But then after a while, you know, just seeing your business as an extension of you, right? The way you modulate energy is the way it's going to modulate energy. And so just creating much more a symbiosis there between what's out in the world and what's happening inside me to mm. really use my sex energy appropriately. Mm. Wow. That's, you know, using sex energy appropriately. I feel like that you know, not appropriate meaning or how I'm perceiving it, not appropriate meaning like bad or good, or there is a wrong or right way, but something that I think is so conditioned into us is this like, sexual energy is to be shared period mm. like it happens with mm. two. this is a great combo yeah yeah, yeah it is <laughs> it's huge and it's you know something that and I'll share a little bit of my own personal experience but you know it before I do just laying this foundation that like I think probably we're on the same page but when I refer to sex energy I'm referring to my energy and mm. Mm-hmm. The energy that's or the energy that's moving through me and not necessarily stimulated by anyone else, just the thing that you know makes my pores open and my heart beat and my my dreams happen and my sleep like the energy of life. Um, and I will share like so specific that I have a very strong parallel with you, which is that you had this time in the ashram where you were practicing abstinence. And I'm sure that you experienced a ton of information through your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, I grew up very in a very like Christian household, but also with parents that were incredibly open, like, Hey, if you start having sex, come talk to us. Like, you know, it was a good balance. But what I started to notice around the same time I started to notice sex energy moving through my body was also this like concept of hidden agendas Mm. without even having those words at the time. And it almost repelled me enough that really until after high school, I wasn't having sex because I could feel this kind of energy, but I was masturbating Mm. all the time Mm. and not just to get off, but because I could feel this kind of like, oh, this connects me with my body. This makes me less hyper-focused on what I look like, right? It's like structure equals function. Well, what is this body for? It's part of it is to, for me at least, is to move that sexual energy to reset, to kind of recalibrate, to connect with myself. And so that was a really big part of my life for a really long time. And I think it helped me to not go, oh, my sexual energy is my partner's problems. Mm. or my partner's problem, or or my partner needs to fulfill that need. And so I started to understand how to modulate it, how to work with it, how to move it in a way where it is nourishing me as well. Oh, that's such a great, great line of inquiry at such a young age, and then really at any age to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, how to cultivate your own relationship to sex energy in a sensual, embodied dare I use the word productive, you know, <laughs> appropriate way in your own body and to not outsource its problems with anyone else, right? I mean, you said that so beautifully. I think that might be, for me, was the foundational step to getting into a healthy relationship of any kind, friendship, cleaning up my familial relationships, um, a conscious partnership. You know, I had to really sort of uh, call in all the demons that had been programmed of me projecting the issues of my lack of self-intimacy outward. Mm. Yeah. I think another point that is so brilliant in what you just said is 
you know, we're sort of socialized in a way to give away our energy, especially when we say the word sex, we think of intercourse, you know, instead of, you know, personal responsibility of sex energy. And then there's a lot of funny programming and submission that goes around giving away sex energy. You know, that's, I mean, what a practice I even do in my DMs. I'm right. just like, whoa, this person is asking me something. One, I already cultivated them myself. Two, I already put out in the world multiple times. Three, I don't have to engage with them. Four, like I would actually be giving away prana when I've already put it out there. I'd be double giving it away. That's mm-hmm. like a huge energetic leak for me. I'm just not going to go there. Yes. I'd love to hear how you sort of have those little safe valves in your energetic body of nope, keep it, keep it, keep it. <laughs> Right. Totally. I think, you know, that's something I'm perpetually learning, I would say, is how to keep it because um, most of the time I don't feel drained of it. Um, You you know, it's like sometimes those are just as rewarding, but, but what I also have noticed, and this is where, you know, when I say I'm learning, it's, it's again, tuning into my, my body's kind of sensory information in those circumstances and what I notice is this, um, like, oh, I'm happy to tell you, but I don't think that me telling you is actually going to do anything because mm. like you just alluded to, it's something you've cultivated. It's something that I have cultivated. And it's not necessarily, again, the end product that matters. It's the process of cultivation that's enriching. And so mm-hmm. it's like, by me telling you something, you're, you might try it on in the literal rather than have the experience which is more metaphorical and kind of ripples out and again that's just like sex like how many humans have had sex probably most of them how many (laughs) humans have actually had sex probably not that many Mm. and so it's like again we can say hey you do this and you do that and that's this outcome here you go and then we also can be like or here are some resources here's what i've looked at Go have your own experience. And that way, it's not just about the literal end product, but the metaphorical like embodiment of whatever we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's like a brilliant way to sort of bring it full circle, right? In the energetic realm, our own sort of felt energy body, and then the physical act of containment, and then creating sort of combustion in someone else's system for them. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. Which, you know, another part of, of sex energy, like whether with someone or with ourselves is this like friction, like friction creates heat and heat creates growth and, you know, or catalyzes processes. And I think like when it comes to sharing sex energy with the world, something that I have always kind of wondered is like, you know, sometimes a certain way feels correct for me. And sometimes a certain way, that certain way no longer, it's like it expires. And I'm like, mm. oh, I gotta kind of re- look at this and it might be different in the next season or cycle but I do think it's kind of always shifting like if I have a lot on my plate with work I'm not even gonna look at my dms sometimes for a week or two if I'm like oh no this is all kind of even then yeah sure I'll answer messages or I'll prioritize the ones that I want to answer you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's all choice and I think that's another thing with sex and sex energy is like we choose how we use it and we're all using it so how do we actually want to use it yeah, definitely. I think that that conversation lends itself to one, self-responsibility, and then mm-hmm. two, consent, right? Mm-hmm. On a, in a very, very deep level of 
not just physical consent with a sex act, but actual energetic consent with self of like, ooh, do I want to let that in or not? Mm. You know, and if we can start there, that's like the intimacy of deep inner consent, which then informs so many other things that we're either collaborating with or saying no thanks, like please get out of here. (laughs) Right, right. And then I think too from what you just – what you just really like very clearly verbalized is there's no second guessing from that point either. Mm, Just like waste so much less energy. So much less energy. (laughs) You're like, okay, that was that. This is this. And it's a no. And yeah, Yeah. learning. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) that's awesome. But you know, that's also, I think in, you know, whenever I'm talking about sex, I always say this, the classic, like with great power comes great responsibility. And I don't even know. One of the presidents said that. Someone said that. Mm -hmm. But I love that quote in regard to sex, because I think that because we have, we experience so much shame and guilt and embarrassment around sex, we don't really look at it. We kind of just like hold it back and hide it. And when we hide it, we miss a lot. Like we miss a lot of what's happening for us, a lot of our desires, a lot of our needs, a lot of the fact that we can even modulate how this energy moves through our bodies and informs our experience. Mm-hmm. And of course, something as powerful as sex would be able to do that or sex energy. Um, but it's that taking responsibility for it, like you just said, and being like, actually, yeah, this is the energy that's mine. And this is kind of how it makes itself known in my world. And what do I like about that? And what feels great for me? And what doesn't feel so great for me? And what's confusing? And what's clarifying? And right. really looking at it even if it feels embarrassing or shameful or so on and so forth, because ultimately like it is arrows, like it's just life energy. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Let's touch a little bit of like guilt and shame and sort of like dirtiness. I think that gets programmed from our sort of pop culture is really the best word I can use at the moment. I think porn is definitely in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, personally, Guilt is like a funny emotion for me. It's hard for me to express guilt, I think, when you're circulating energy quickly. You kind of get some objectivity and then there it is. But I know that it's very like heavy in our culture. You know, the hypersexualization, commodification of bodies, right? That creates a lot of separation between just feeling okay to explore ourselves. Mm. You know, this came up on women's retreat maybe, I guess, four years ago at this point where I was kind of baffled at the lack of self-exploration that was, you know, coming through this circle. And, you know, does that ever come up in your client work or human design work of dealing with guilt, shame, and, and how to start exploring sex energy physically and then on sort of an ethereal level? Yeah. Totally. Um, Where do I even want to start on that? I would say, (laughs) you know, just to kind of give some perspective, guilt is something that for me personally is a very easy emotion to experience. And as I get better at at objectivity and, you know, kind of allowing it to not be personal, it's easy for me to move through it. Um, But I understand the guilt because sex is also so wrapped into the, the reputation and community and, you know, especially for someone in a female body, like what it means to be proper, what it means to be a daughter, yeah. a wife, mm-hmm. a sister, you know, all of these things. And so early on in my own exploration, I definitely, you know, kind of tangoed with that of like, ooh, 
I feel like I actually want to embody this publicly and express this. And I now feel guilty because I do recognize that, you know, based on the structures that we live in, and some of them for good reason, um, now other people are going to have to feel the consequences of my actions. And that takes taking responsibility too, to then be like, hey, Mm -hmm. people that I just impacted potentially, I understand that that's happening and let's have a conversation about it. And so I think, again, as long as we can kind of go back to the root of like the deconditioning of sex, sex energy is bad, is negative, Mm -hmm. is inappropriate, then when those emotions, guilt, shame, embarrassment, whatever it might be, come up, then we can just go, actually, no, I am responsible for this. I do... I did this, I do this, I feel this, and I'm happy to talk about and explain, you know, totally. whatever the missing links are. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as clients go, yeah, all the time. I mean, the, you know, the emptiness fullness conversation comes up and more times than not, I would say we, you know, as that kind of nighttime energy comes into play and you start to go, <laughs> Oh, I'm settling in for my day. There's this kind of universal shift from an energy that's more productive and faster paced and more mentally analytical to this more like, oh, I'm dropped in a little bit more to my body. I'm in my home. I have a level of safety. And so now I'm starting to experience sensual needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oftentimes what I have noticed in conversation is just that it's generally uh, a pattern for a lot of people. And I, I primarily work with women, but I won't sit or you know, people in female bodies, but I won't say that it's only them experiencing this energy. Um, That's just where I see it the most. Um, And it's this kind of like, hey, I wish there was something there, but I don't have anyone. That's usually Mm -hmm. how the conversation Mm -hmm. goes, where I feel too embarrassed to ask my person to have this kind of expression of sexual energy. And so again, that always leads me to unpack with them like, okay, well, where do you want to start on this? And do you even want to go there? Because, again, it comes back to the hidden agenda of like, okay, why is it not okay to ask your person, your partner, why is it not okay to sit with yourself and Mm self-pleasure? Where was that learned? And is it just that there's resistance there because it's not your norm and you feel like there's expectations and, you know, associations that make you uncomfortable? Or is it truly just that by the end of the day, you're so exhausted because again, lack of management with sex energy and, you know, overdoing um, that you just want to turn to food to get the pleasure hit. And so there's really like Mm. so much nuance to even just the answer that I could give you because it's so different for everyone because of where our priorities tend to lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, that, um, not using sex energy as a, a broader definition and understanding that if you overcommit at work or you're actually like gossiping and like supporting or wound bonding with a coworker multiple weeks in a row, right? You're, you're like hit, you're in that hidden agenda with other people and there's this constant leakage. Then of mm-hmm. course you get home and you're trying to be intimate. You're not going to have any extra energy, one, to turn yourself on. <laughs> or two, to even be present for somebody else's needs, Mm. you know? So, I I mean, I think that's a great thing to start and check first and foremost. And then another thing that you alluded to that's like, you know, you can sort of get into that any way you want, if that makes sense. Like you can role play, you can be a different identity totally. You know, I've made suggestions to clients when doing readings for them, like book a hotel, 
get a babysitter. <laughs> like, you know, you got to change the whole context to actually feel free in certain ways yes. so that you aren't carrying any weird childhood baggage or sort of religious programming going on within you. Right. right. Even if it's just to like take a second in the bathroom with yourself and your partner doesn't even know where you are or what you're doing. Right. You know, first just cultivate maybe that boundary as yes. well so that you can start experimenting with your own body in certain ways yeah. so that you aren't reaching for the dopamine hit in um, other sort of spheres. You know what I mean? In yogic anatomy, so the second chakra is linked to eyesight. So oftentimes I'll check my screen time, right? Things where maybe I'm actually draining sex energy, not in a thought form way, but in sort of a subconscious way mm -hmm. of all the places that I might be leaking where I'm not showing up in my fullness for my creative process or for the people I love in my life. Mm. Ooh, that is really cool that that is linked to eyesight. I did not know that. And it you know, when you just were saying that, I was like, huh, it does kind of come back to this like transparency thing with sex where, you know, I feel like so much because sex has been so like kept under wraps and part mm -hmm. of that probably turns us on that it's so taboo, <laughs> but you know, it makes it all that much more exciting. Um, but because it has been, I do think that there's this kind of lack of willingness to be really transparent about where you're at and what you need. And not necessarily saying like, hey, I need, you know, for example, like when you just said, oh, book a hotel. Yeah. The first thing I thought was like, sometimes I assume that people are transparent where they're like, hey, partner, I've been mm. super tired. I haven't been taking enough energy for this, you know, for, for our sexual life, for our connection, for our intimacy. Let's go take a weekend away somewhere and have that sexual intimacy and connection. But I think what also happens is that in, that that feels really vulnerable to say, especially because of all the cultural associations with sex and what that means, um, and you know what it means about us if we're asking for it. God forbid. Um, but normal, we're normal. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so there is this kind of like hidden agenda. And so something that I do think is really sexy and beautiful and actually relieving. And kind of just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not relieving, refreshing is when mm. there is this kind of like transparency around sex and, you know, being able to say, hey, yeah, like, you know, I'd love to have oral sex. I'd love for you to touch me this way. I'd love for you to, you know, pursue sex with me or let's try role play or let's try bondage or let's try anal mm -hmm. sex. Or let's try, like, it doesn't have to be a force, but just bringing the, energy into a verbal form where there's communication there first I also think helps because then there isn't this private expectation that's held quietly because you're embarrassed to say so instead it oh, becomes right. this like hey I actually feel empowered using my voice sharing what I'm curious about and sharing what I fantasize about and what I'd like to pursue and then it kind of just takes the, the weight off of your shoulders because all of a sudden you're sharing with this person, which if you're going to be sexually intimate with them, hmm. probably it's a good idea that you can share. Sharing is maybe number one. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I, I think that the voice, the throat is really like the bridge of integration, right? Where we're mm -hmm. actually moving sex energy through the heart, what we need, what makes us happy, what 
turns on our centers of compassion, of equanimity, and then we're actually able to communicate that, mm-hmm. right? And I don't mean to use those spiritual words as it can't be intense or dirty or strangling or slapping or whatever. You know, I don't mean equanimity as something that's like neutral and emotionless, right? Yeah. I mean, actually like in your deep, deep creative fluidity, and that's going to look really unique to you. And of course, your voice in an intimate partnership or really, and doesn't have to be partnership to be sharing sex energy right. can be, you know, so uh, open and, and beautiful. That's like the bridge point of integration. So maybe like I would love to suggest just in the public ethers, like communication first, right? Because yes. if you go in with like the hidden agendas that you're talking about, it, it's just these like open sores for painful experiences where, oh, they didn't like know or they hurt me or they did that on purpose. There's all this room for interpretation that sometimes can be um, very prickly and very uncomfortable. Yes. And massive letdown too, right? Like yeah. oh, that wasn't what I needed or wanted. And it's like, no, of course it's not because it's not clear what you need or want. And again, this is where it's, I, I love how you said earlier, like, hey, maybe cultivate it within yourself first. Not to say that's the only way, but to say that that is a way that does allow us to dissolve some of the strangeness that we've been so conditioned to perceive sex as or the dirtiness. And it's like, sex isn't dirty. Even when sex is dirty, even when there is slapping, spanking, what, you know, on and on and on, all the, the craziest things that you can think of, if there is consent and there's communication and there's this presence and intimacy, then it's, is it actually dirty? Like, yeah. Or does it get that dirty kind of uh, reputation because we hide so much of it. And so then it's like, we're not willing to say, Hey, this is vulnerable for me. And I'd like to share that I desire or want or fantasize about, or would like to experiment with not to say I need to commit the rest of my life to having sex this way. Right. Yeah. Totally. Sexual energy this way, but allowing yeah. like that playfulness and exploration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's pivot a little bit and talk about sort of the creative process and sex energy and sort mm-hmm. of the ways that you see those spheres either paralleling each other or sometimes maybe blocking each other in certain ways mm. in your own personal experience. Totally. Um, This question's huge. I'm like, where do I want to start? You know, it's. For me, personally, it almost always begins with resistance. Mm, That's super interesting. Yeah. Whether it's actual, like, as far as moving sexual energy through the creative process. Um, So you like, oh, shit, that's going to be intense. Or what do you like define resistance? um, Oh, yeah. Okay. So. It's more like, I really, really want, or I really, really desire this. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, entry point. And then I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute. No, you know what? Maybe another time, maybe another day, maybe another. And then I, you know, take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, Alyssa, this is the, this is the pattern. There's always going to be resistance for me at the beginning. Mm -hmm. That for me is a marker point of like, go in, go full on in. Um, and I'll share a very tangible kind of parallel to it in a minute, but once I breathe into that and kind of just surrender into the experience. And again, for me personally, it's always information through my body. Mm -hmm. 
that starts to fuel that kind of jumping off point for the creative process for me. If it starts in my mind as a, I should be doing this, I almost know instantaneously it's a response to pressure to make more money, have more clients. Whereas when I feel resistance to something that I'm kind of desiring on the subconscious level, but I'm aware of it. And then I start to feel these kind of intense emotions that start to pick up. And I'm like, okay, it's not time for action. It's just time to feel the emotions. And I think that for me, my resistance comes from that, okay, I know I'm going to have some emotions come up and I'm going to, you know, move through them because there's like this, oh, it's calm right now before the creative process has started. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I, especially when I was younger, I used to miss that those, that emotional kind of like marination stage where I was just marinating in that intensity was really crucial for the, for the later stages. And so for me, it kind of goes resistance and then I soften into the resistance. And as soon as I soften, I start getting information through my body, from my emotions and getting better and better at this. But then comes the surrender, like for me, where I'm just like, all right, take me, like, let me just experience the emotion. Let me experience the sensory information. Let me experience what it feels like to, you know, see how that drives different thought patterns. And then as soon as I'm in the emotion, and I've stopped thinking about being there and just allowed it to be, I can feel my body open up into just creation mode. And Mm -hmm. that's when I start flowing. And that's when I'm not thinking it's rhythmic. Um, You know, there's some highs, there's some lows, there's points where things are really clear. And then there's kind of that microcosm of like resistance intensity, surrender, more intensity, and then, you know, creation and orgasm. And, oh, that just came through. I didn't even have to try. I just had to allow my body to soften to what was there already. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, for me, how I work with clients, a lot of that happens, like, as I'm writing protocols for people, because it is so personalized to them. And so there's always for me, this kind of like, whoa, that's a lot of information to organize in and then create into this resource, this experience that this person's going to have, mm-hmm. or, or even with human design, honestly. Um, and then as I do, it just kind of flows. And that surrender to like, hey, this is all the information. This is the experience. It's moving through my body. It's getting organized. It's getting put into a, a package. And here you go. Mm-hmm. Now it's done. And for me, uh, really, <laughs> I actually led a woman's group on this once which is hilarious looking back, but I, I paralleled that experience with how I was watching myself have or receive anal sex, which Mm. is just like, especially when I first started experimenting with it with my partner, it was like, boom, contraction through Mm -hmm. my whole body. Right. And very quickly I learned, Oh, if I just breathe, it's all good. You know, if I just breathe all of a sudden it's, not just good. Wait, hold on. It's getting better. And then it's actually enjoyable. And then it's actually like, wait, um, my body can actually open more and receive more. And it was just this whole beautiful metaphor for like that closing kind of anticipation that creates resistance. And then actually Mm -hmm. just breathing into the experience, regardless of what it is, anal sex, business creation, relationship conflicts, and just allowing that moment of surrender and breathing to with trust, like knowing that that's going to bridge into the the moment of creation, the moment of like, wow, this is what I came here for. This is what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like a super powerful parallel. And I think something that you also said in that last train of thought that might be really key is like knowing the difference between trying in your body and then flow. Yes. Right. And really understanding those states outside of language, Mm -hmm. right? Because we often are like trying, understanding, over-efforting, hustling, you know, those words are used so much when we are creating something outside of ourselves, right? Be that a protocol, a product, a business structure, a program, um, an idea, you know, an art project, something like that to for the, like all the listeners to just start exploring the embodied states that are different of I'm trying or I'm in flow, yes. <laughs> you know, one or the other, which I think is super, super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think one thing that you also said that's great is there's so many parallels. Like once you sort of crack this egg of how you contain sex energy, share sex energy, cultivate sex energy, then you really see that imprint in so many different areas in your life. Right? Sometimes I like to say to my students, it's like the most bang for your spiritual buck. There's certain karmic yes. patterns that are going to show up everywhere. Once we know the pattern, then we're going to see it everywhere. Okay, great. We don't have to solve a million problems to like work on ourselves. We just need to see the parallel of the patterns. Then we're actually cultivating and creating sex energy appropriately or through right action. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. And I love that you just said that. That was so well summed up. And it's like see, being able to see the pattern and then also acknowledging the interconnectedness, right? Because then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. This is about right. Like no surprise that I'm feeling this way, <laughs> experiencing this. Yeah. Yep. That's the pattern. And then it, it almost becomes funny. And I think that's totally. part of like, you know, even after a really great orgasm where you just start giggling and laughing and you know, it's that relief of like, oh my gosh, wow, I'm alive. And that's part of the pattern. And it's like, it kind of gives this like lightness, not that everything needs to be light, but it's like rapture that is kind of going, hey, don't take yourself too seriously. And you will really enjoy this. And, you know, folding it back a, a, a couple minutes ago, you referred to porn. And I think sometimes something that just popped up in my awareness is, we all, regardless of how we identify, sometimes take sex energy and sex so seriously. Like it's Mm got to be this certain way and we've got to look a certain way and smell a certain way and all these things. And in getting wrapped up in that, we start taking ourselves really seriously. And with it, you know, comes crumbling down along with our like enjoyment, sex itself, because sex is fucking weird. It's weird. It's the weirdest things we do. I mean, just for a second, just Mm -hmm. pause this and just think about how weird sex is. No, I've had this like thought from when I was a teenager. Like, why is it my lips that have to touch? Like, what if we just rubbed elbows and that turned us on? Like, (laughs) like, like I just thought to myself, like, why are those like the only pleasure centers? Right. The culturally accepted pleasure centers, you know, then there's so many ways to experience sensuality through your body, which takes us all the way back to the beginning of the conversation of mm-hmm. like on a cellular level, you know, how are you sort of taking responsibility for that to then have all of these amazing, like lack of better words, I just was about to say pleasure droppings, but like things that are <laughs> Like, you know, sort of like out in your reality, you know, and then other people get to come in contact with that electromagnetic frequency as well. 
right? Which creates magnetism, which is like, you know, a whole... What everybody's selling nowadays, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is where it's like, you know, something when you just said the most bang for your buck, it's like... (laughs) I'm thinking about how I want to say this. Um, As sex is such a powerful entry point for any kind of spiritual reflection, growth, anything, because it does remind us that like we are in bodies and while we can have spirituality, which is so beautiful and such a healthy component, it definitely has taken on an interesting flair as we have this kind of like spiritual new age. Um, and you know, sex is just super humbling where it's like, oh, get back in your body, do -hmm. this thing. That's super weird. Whether it's rubbing elbows or (laughs) rubbing watermelon all over your body or, you know, the classic penetration, whatever it is. And like, remember that this body in its most dirty, weird, I mean, bumping uglies, I hate that saying, but like, that's what, you know, one of the ways it's like, this body is a conduit to that spiritual connection. Like it is one of the ways that we can weave the the mystical into the mundane. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. I guess any other last points on um, sharing sex energy or keeping it for yourself or cultivating it or just being more open with it? Mm. The first thing that just popped into my mind is there's no one right way. I think especially in the age of like so many gurus and teachers and that's great. But also we sometimes just look for like the right way. And um, that can sometimes get us into trouble. And I don't mean trouble, like you've done something bad, but trouble, like we miss what's right in front of us. And I think, you know, everyone has different entry points to connect to and cultivate their sexual energy and use it for themselves and, and for others too, if, if that's what you are desiring and just know like that the way you do it is not going to look the way Sue's looks and Sue's experience with sex energy isn't going to look how mine looks. And that's perfectly okay. And if we try to homogenize it to masculine, feminine, purity, this, that, or the other mm. thing, it just isn't even sexual energy anymore. It's just Agreed. consumption of an idea. Mm. Yes. I mean, got to land on that point as the closing point. Maybe I'll cut that and play it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> yes, yes. Like the, <laughs> oh, like the, to homogenize sex energy, right? You just strip it of its uniqueness, you know? And I know that, you know, as an astrologer and as a human design practitioner, that we're deeply, deeply involved in the nuance of how people move and run sex energy in their own system. And, you know, give me a hundred charts and there's a hundred ways to do it, you know? So yes, that was beautifully stated. Thank you. Thanks for asking yeah. such phenomenal questions. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on Live Lightly Podcast again. I'm sure we'll also do it again. And Lucky you can me. find everything about Alyssa in the show notes below. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Live Lightly podcast. If you loved this episode, please download and subscribe. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you and your main takeaways from this episode. 
tag us on Instagram and Facebook at LiveLightly underscore. We will then reshare your takeaways and insights. We love bringing you these in-depth conversations. Please remember the suggestions of our guests and hosts are for informational purposes only and should not be taken as actionable advice. This podcast is a resource for general information and education only. Live Lightly is not liable for your decisions to implement information from this podcast.